getting you on your way. Okay, time to get started. With Joshua Simon on Kiss 92. You're on your way with Joshua Simon on Kiss 92. I hope you're having a good day because I have a great show for you this evening. Another chance for you to win tickets for the whole family to Bird Paradise as we celebrate its grand opening. We also have some commemorative stamps. Uh, the total package is worth $169. You're on your way, on my way. with Joshua Simon. Kiss 92. Right now we're going to be eavesdropping with <laughs> Daphne k u a little bit more. Uh, I hear you have this incredible phenomenon in your life. Oh, it's not a phenomenon. I think it's just a, it's a phase. It's an era that I'm ready to get rid of. <laughs> you have a sense of wonder about no, no, your no. dates? No, no, no. Not at all. It's literally just, I'm on a, uh, in a phase called One Date Wonders, where date I go wonder. on one date. You know, actually, in the last, so I've been single now for... At least like a year and a half, maybe almost, um, yeah, a year and a half, I guess. Okay, okay. Um, and I, you know, I like being single, but I also like being in a relationship, but I'd rather not be in a relationship that I'm not happy in. Of course. So I've also like, you know, I'll, I'll chat to people, whether we meet on an app or whether we meet in person. And then by the time we're supposed to meet for the date, I either chicken out. And then when I do go on the dates, I have one date and then I wonder what happened. Oh, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Hence, one date wonder. Yes, one date wonder. So either it's like, oh, this is not for me mm. or, um, or maybe I will like the guy and then he doesn't like me back or it just doesn't, doesn't fit into our schedules or something like that. And I guess I'm at a, in a place where I'm, I like definitely don't want to settle. Like I don't yeah. want to just, oh, maybe this guy's okay, but it has this thing that I don't like. Nah, I, I don't want to... fall for a potential anymore i just think that someone is out there where it's going to work and you know life already has its own challenges like the last thing i need is to find a guy that i'm like ah i could make this work Mm. i could there's already so much in my life i need to make work the relationship should not be something like that. exactly it should just feel like a glove but i do appreciate the fact that you're able to say you know like i am a girlfriend even though i'm not in a relationship i am a girlfriend or i'm a wife you know like you know like this is who you are i definitely think for myself i'm like wife material but i also know that there's a lot that i need to work on for Mm -mm -mm. myself just as a person and i do feel i see myself as a whole yeah so without a significant other and i and i acknowledge and embrace the times that i feel lonely but i definitely don't feel like i'm not enough yes which is is a great thing and it took me a long time to get to this place so i'm grateful to be here you know yeah also it's not a prerequisite you don't have to like put in the work before like i think that's what a lot of people always say to each other like oh focus on yourself work on yourself first before you know yeah i will always be working on myself even when i'm in a relationship (laughs) i am constantly working it it doesn't end there you Mm. know i think a lot of people also hold themselves back say i'm not gonna date until i completely work myself how long is that going to be this working of well, yourself thing I think more importantly uh, you should always be working on yourself but also like keep it open you know oh yeah. I wrote a song about it too Ooh. it's called keep it open but anyway <laughs> um, basically I was just telling reminding myself that it's okay to not like you can't control life you can't control the things around you mm. but you can control the decisions that you make and how you think about yourself truth and no one should ever make you feel less than that no one not even if it's not their intention so hold on to the fact that you are enough and everything that you need is right in front of you there are a lot of messed up people out there but there are also some good people out there Def. yeah yeah I really hope that you're one of them I'm so glad we get to work together now 2024 okay the year of romance for Daphne k u o Keeping you company on your way home. Joshua Simon, Kiss 92. What's hot? What's hot? Time to pop off. I found something out of this world to introduce to you. 
to start off 2024. It has just been announced by our Singapore Symphony Orchestra that on the 26th and 27th of January, they will be doing two screenings Friday and Saturday at the Esplanade Concert Hall for the classic Steven Spielberg sci-fi family epic E.T. E.T. from home, the extraterrestrial, right? It's a classic. Even if you haven't seen the film, you'd have seen visuals of it. It's, it's iconic. And it's uh, influenced even uh, a lot of the material today. I look at Stranger Things. We wouldn't have Stranger Things if it weren't for E.T. many decades ago. Now, for many of us, this will be an incredible opportunity for some nostalgia, for the young at heart to tap into being a kid all over again uh, when maybe we watched it on a VHS or a laser disc. Now, many of us are parents and we want to introduce this classic to the next generation. Instead of looking for it on a streaming service or dusting off a DVD, this is going to be a brilliant experience. It's a cross-section between theatre and cinema. And I'm sure you've heard of a similar treatment done for like Harry Potter, or Lord of the Rings films. But what's going to happen is they're going to screen the entire film and then the Singapore Symphony Orchestra will be right under the cinema screen playing the score of John Williams in real time. How brilliant is that? And because I come from a film background, I'm thinking, huh, they must have gotten the license to get the film, but without the John Williams score, right? So it's just the dialogue, not mixed in yet with the music. And it's a special treatment of the film meant for these kind of live orchestra accompaniments, right? If, if this sounds like, oh my gosh, family to come together to watch E.T. or maybe this film has already been a near and dear to your family. Maybe like every year you'll gather and watch this. This will be uh, a core memory for you. E.T. in concert with our Singapore Symphony Orchestra. Tickets are sso.org.sg and they are as affordable as $20 going all the way up to $108. Uh, once again, uh, 26th and 27th of January at the Esplanade Concert Hall. Getting you on your way. Ooh, ooh, in style. Okay, time to get started. With Joshua Simon on KISS 92. You're on your way with Joshua Simon on KISS 92 and joining us really soon in this hour uh, is Ambrasi Bupal, a volunteer from Acres to tell us more about the incredible work that they do here in Singapore and how we can be involved as well. Also, speaking of our beloved animals, uh, here's a chance for you to win as well. A family pack, uh, two adults and two children, admission tickets to the new Bird Paradise and also some commemorative stamps worth $169. I'll tell you how you can win. It'll be during the interview. So lean in and listen, okay? Getting you on your way. Joshua Simon on KISS92. Hello. Sean Rick. Hey. Sean What's Rick, who? Where are you right now? I am in Suntech Convention Hall, brother. The Fall Out Boy concert is starting soon. Oh my goodness. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Before you go into the concert, I know it's starting soon. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. let's, let's take us back, you know, because for a lot of us... Uh, Fall Out Boy was the soundtrack of our secondary school life, for example. <laughs> you know? yeah. So what was the significance of Fall Out Boy musically for your uh, years? Well, during my time growing up, yes, it was one of the main things that we were listening to when I was about what, 13, 14, 15. But I can tell you right now, my girlfriend, is we are literally the first three people in the queue, in the VIP queue right now. My girlfriend and her friend queued up since 11 p.m. last night. 
Oh, you know, I, I actually interviewed Patrick Stump many, many, many years ago. Oh, you interviewed Patrick Stump? Cool. Yes. Okay, see, I can hear your girlfriend freaking out right now. Calm down, honey. Calm down. Many years ago, not now. Okay, so let's set our expectations, okay? What are we hoping yeah. this concert will be for you and your partner? What are we hoping? Well, this is a an amazing moment because uh, I think it's the first time I've ever been to a Fall Out Boy concert in general and uh, with, with her. And there's a big, big meaning for her. She made me come all the way here hours before the concert started and we're queuing. I'm just sitting down waiting for the doors to open. So this is quite a big one. Okay, have a wonderful time. Okay, <laughs> live it up. I mean, it's Christmas season after all, right? It's time spent with your loved ones. And, and shout out to everyone who is already there, uh, ready to watch Fall Out Boy. What a way to say goodbye to 2023, my goodness. Right, you know what's the one thing I want to shout when we get there? I'm like, thanks for the memories, bro. Ah, 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 I knew that was kind. I knew that was kind. You have a wonderful yeah. concert, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll catch you hey, here hey, in the wait, studio. Josh, 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 what, Josh, what, Josh. What, what, what you want? You want, you want me to top out anything for you from the concert? They got bags. They got T-shirts. I just saw uh, Pete Wentz outside 500 meters, and just by saying that line, 65 people just turned their heads. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything surprise me? Christmas, right? Pick a present. Okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Almost there. You're on your way on Kiss 92. I'm incredibly honored to have on the show right now someone who's come a long way as an animal lover and now works full time at Acus. All right, we have on the show right now Ambrasi Bupal. Welcome to the show. Hi, Joshua. Thank you so much. You've got a big smile on your face. And the moment I shook your hand, I just could tell there was a warmth, there's an empathy about you, which is something that I've always found in all animal lovers. And you work with animals. And I've spoken to vets as well. And it actually kind of blows me away sometimes because it's like I thought if you're working with animals... You're also seeing the tough side of how animals can be, how tough it can be, how they are treated, mm. you know, that sometimes it can wear you out. But clearly, that fire in you, that love for animals is still there. So let's start at the very beginning, okay? okay. What was your childhood like? Wow, um, I had a really good childhood, like growing up uh, closer to nature. And my family was also an animal-friendly family. So it was very easy to pick up all those traits uh, to be compassionate. Animal-friendly in what sense? Like y'all had many pets or um, it's just the approach that you have or respect that you have towards animals? Um, I think it is about the compassion and respect. And by default, we are a vegetarian family. So um, it, it came from very young about uh, treating animals through our daily lifestyle choices in a way that will be you know, helpful for the animals, kinder to the environment. So it was very easy for me to pick up those values and mm. traits. And okay. um, so I was really interested to take this up as a career the, when I grew up. And I wanted to be a veterinary doctor. That did not happen. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you study? What were you like on your way, like education-wise? Um, so I did my um, first master's in biological sciences, life sciences. Right. And after that, I wanted to uh, learn about management because a lot of times when you want to help animals, they would people would tell me like, you don't know how policy works. So I was like, okay, I want to know how policy works. Isn't it like, it's so strange. I mean, I can understand obviously that policy is very important. It protects animals, of mm -hmm. course. Um, but it, it's very unsexy, isn't it? You know, because it's like when you think of like taking care of the animals, you think you're just going over and kind of hug the bear. You yep. know, it's like, no, no, no. Everything always goes back to black and white, the paper and mm -hmm. the pen. 
right? So you had to learn the back end of yes. how things are run, yes. right? Okay, so explain to us what is ACRES? What does it stand for? So ACRES stands for Animal Concerns Research and Education Society. And this is only in Singapore, right? Yes, we are a local charity organisation. And if you could sum up what ACRES is and the work that they do in Singapore, what would you say? Um, we basically speak up for the animals, uh, give them a voice. So just now you were mentioning that we work uh, with the animals. So there's a slight change addition to it, which is we work for the animals. They are our bosses, literally. You work for the animals. You don't work with them. <laughs> and we work with them as well. <laughs> we're hanging out with Ambu, Ambrasi Bupal. Uh, she works full-time at Acres, And once again, Acres stands for... Animal Concerns Research and Education Society. I always thought at the end got Singapore. <laughs> Animal Concerns something something of Singapore. Can can do that also. <laughs> now Acres, you say that you've been how many how many years have you been working there? Um, I've been with Acres for about sixteen years. Stop. Yes. You look like you're twenty two. Oh, wow. I don't know how to respond to this on radio. It's a good thing. It's a good, you gotta you gotta drop the skincare regime for sure. You know, uh, but you, so you've been working there sixteen years. And earlier on the show, dear listener, she referred to animals not as animals that we're working with. No, we work for the animals. They are the yeah. bosses. Okay. Well, I don't know if you can get into specifics of animals. Like, how wide are we thinking when it when it comes to animal kingdom? Like, what kind of animals are we taking care of here in Singapore? Um. So at Acres itself, we. Uh, try to try our best to raise awareness on different issues because a lot of us, um, m- many of us are actually animal lovers, mm. but we may not know how to take action for the animals. So at Acres, we talk about everyday lifestyle choices for animals that are used in food, entertainment, and also the wild animals that we see around us. Yes. You know, from the pigeons and crows to you know, even a crocodile sighting, you'd never know. So um, these are some of the areas that we work on, and also we empower people. Like, how can you help animals by making choices that are animal-friendly, that are environmental-friendly? We also do research work. Uh, We study certain behaviours, keep track of the records. We do rescue work. So there's a lot of data that is also collected uh, that will help in the long term for the animals. You know, the policy work that we were talking about. The actual advocacy work to help animals in the longer run. Brilliant. Okay, and and, you know, you also mentioned earlier on that you... Uh, almost a voice for the voiceless, the animals, yeah. right? Uh, it's almost like as if Acres is like a conduit on behalf of the animals, you know? Uh, but how do you communicate all this, like what you just said to the public? Is it through workshops? Is it through sort of charity drives? You know, yeah. do you guys have like events and stuff? Mm, yeah, we have this core uh, focus area called humane education. So we start very young from preschool. Humane um, education. education Not human, humane education. Correct. Interesting, okay. Yeah, so that is to drive forward the compassion that already the children have, um, but to get them to understand that animals can feel really the foundation, that animals can feel just like you and I. They can feel happy, sad, and the emotions that they can go through. So um, how can we help animals? So that is a foundation step that we start from even preschool. Um, just two weeks ago, I did a storytelling for preschoolers. I'm usually used to talking to adults. And it was really a very heartwarming moment because it's just by nature, the kids are very receptive. They are very empathetic. They um, love animals in a way that's very different before they are forming all the prejudice that they will have on the animals. So it was fantastic to hear and work with children. So we start very young, then we go to um, primary, secondary, tertiary level and even working adults. So we do workshops and education programs. Incredible. 
to the person listening right now thinking, huh, our animals in Singapore are very well taken care of, what, right? We don't eat dogs. And I know that sounds like an extreme thing, but even that shocked me mm-hmm. because like, I was r- delivering the news reports last week and South Korea, for example, they're uh, trying to ban dog meat. And I was so confused. I didn't even know people wow, ate yeah. dogs in yeah. South Korea. So that was a wake-up call for me because that may seem like something from ages ago, maybe tied to only specific niche cultures around. But clearly, there's more work to be done. But to the Singaporean, it says, huh, but the Singaporean, the dogs, the cats, the animals in Singapore, very well taken care of. What's the need for Acres? Um, so... Our goal, uh, ACUS's goal, is to really uh, create a compassionate society, to make our society more compassionate, kinder to animals, where all the animals are treated as sentient beings. So many of us might wonder that everything looks fine here. You know, Mm. um, I love my dog. There's a lot of laws to protect companion animals. Um, You know, I see a lot of nature. You know, we bring back the greenery. There's a lot of space for wildlife. Garden City, Singapore is, right? Yes. So um, one might wonder, but there's actually individual lifestyle uh, choices that can actually directly help animals and if we don't make them we actually cause more suffering for the animals as well so simple thing we eat three times a day there are three times that we could make choices that will directly save lives of the animals by choosing say plant-based diet for example and we travel around a lot when you go as a tourist you can choose animal friendly um, destinations or um, establishments or companies don't ride wild animals you know don't pay for cruelty Mm. Um, so things like that can also directly help animals impact them positively and that's what you're advocating right but if I may walk on vegan eggshells for a bit (laughs) (laughs) Just for a bit Um, How do you feel about Sort of a balance Rather than what some may consider extreme You know, like I was vegetarian For about seven months Mm. Uh, I love animals And I also Mm. recognize that there was a dissonance Between me saying I love animals But then I'm Mm. eating animals as well And it was very hard for me to come to terms with that So I just learned to understand that Yes, this is a struggle that I'm faced with Mm. So what I do is I try to balance it out Yes, I love eating my meat But I think overall the problem is overconsumption Right, So I only will eat when I want to And I'll be very conscious And I'm grateful for what I Mm. eat So I'm a bit more balanced like that But Mm. of course some people may say No, you should not eat at all Alright, so what what's your personal or if, if it's also representative of acres, what's okay. your take on it? Um so personally I was like I mentioned, I was born in a vegetarian family, so yeah. I've never eaten meat my whole life. So it was a very straightforward there's no story for mm. me. Okay, so okay. It has been a straightforward thing since young. And what is acres stance or when it comes to sort of advocating to the general public? So there are two approaches that we take. One is that um, we ask people to ask themselves, what is it that they want to do and they are able to do? Because mm. the choice has to come from within us. Mm. That something changes in us to make that choice. For example, it could be a video or you know a documentary that you watched. Something that... Uh, you know, drives that story forward. Yeah. And everyone has their own story. Yeah. Um, but from our point, what we share when we do education program is take that first effort, take that first step. It could be, you know, joining certain initiatives like Meatless Mondays. You know, there's Veggie Thursday. So there are so many uh, initiatives like this. There's one upcoming, which is Veganuary, which is to just get them to experience what is it like. Yeah. And 
Also plan the diet ahead, which is, you know, look up, read up research if you're into fitness, into other, you know, health uh, needs that you have. Singaporeans love to meal prep, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do like that it starts from education, right? Yeah, and definitely. it starts from not looking away. Yes. Because I think what happens is a lot of us, um, like I know someone who refuses to eat a fish when the fish head is there. Because mm. it does not look like a fish or it does not look like a chicken when it's shaped like a nugget. Yeah, so you need to yeah. tell yourself, no, this is an animal that you're eating. And you got to be okay with that. Yes. You know, you got to know what's happening to the fishers and when it comes to the fishing industry and what they're going through and the, the kind of mispractices yeah. um, going on there. And then also still eat your sushi and be like, okay, but you have to know what you're doing. You, you, know, you have to know what you're part of. You know, so I think starting with the education and then seeing from that seed what it grows into is the way to go. Getting you on your way. Time to get started. With Joshua Simon on KISS 92. We're going to continue this conversation with Ambrasi Bhupal on the show, representing Acres here. And I am going to have to do the unthinkable. Even though I'm usually a ball of fear, I'm going to be objective. And I'm going to ask you, Anbu, about the snakes, the lizards, the crocodiles in Singapore <laughs> that I want nothing to do with. But okay lah, fine. Okay, they are also animals. If I love my dog, I guess I have to love the alligator too. Okay, what can we do as Singaporeans when we see a python in front of us? Okay, we're going to find out more in just a bit. But first, Ambu, I'm curious, you're an animal lover. Yeah. Do you have any pets? Currently, I have one dog left. Used to have quite a few. Aww. She's the last one left. 13-year-old. What's her name? Mocha. Mocha? What yeah. is it about Singapore? You love to name <laughs> our animals after food. <laughs> Mochila. <laughs> yeah. Earlier on, we were talking about uh, diet choices and how mm. that can go a long way. And, you know, I was vegetarian for six months and, and I also recognised that there was a bit of dissonance between my love for animals and the fact that I was eating them. And and, and this is something that I continue to... to I, I guess it's a journey for me to understand where I find that balance and for me it's uh, it also helped to dismantle I think what a lot of um, just ordinary meat eaters mm -hmm. uh, view of vegetarian food or vegetarian meat free options are because when I go mm -hmm. eat I don't want to eat this kind of thing it's almost <laughs> like it's lying to me it's phony like my dad was like that and then I introduced him to some incredible alternatives and he was so blown away by wow. it you know so uh, just even that dismantling has helped and then what I do is I just try to cut down and I, like I don't have to be vegetarian to eat a vegetarian meal yeah. or to yeah. go for that option or to support these businesses so that they can continue to be there and, and hold a strong presence in the supermarket. Mm. You know, but I got to admit, it was quite tough during that period because uh, a majority of my friends, you know, they were kind of like, see, we'll see how long this lasts. Oh, okay. You know, so, so that's very hard. So if you could sort of encourage the person right now who is vegetarian or is vegan or pescatarian and is cutting back or is choosing to have like meat-free Mondays, for example, um, but they feel a bit ashamed almost, what would you say to encourage them? I think really well done and keep it going because um, one thing to remember is the world is changing and uh, thankfully Singapore is one of the really trending countries where there's a lot of plant-based um, options available. So many now. Yes, and also we see the change happening in restaurants. Um, for example, October, um, in November, 1st November was 
uh, World Vegan Day and we worked with some of the outlets like pubs and the bars as well. Say for example, Walla Walla and Blackbird, they yes. actually added, permanently added vegan dishes into their menu. There's, there's so much joy yes. when you go to a place with your friends and there is yes. something on the menu for you. Yes, definitely. That makes hanging out much more fun. And yes. we saw people were trying because they want to try it out to see what is this new dish that is, you know, plant-based vegan? What is this cocktail that is vegan? And yes. they were trying it out. And it's a great way to start the conversation as well. It is not the preachy way to say that, you know, don't eat and, you know, some people are better than other people. But it's to really, you know, introduce the options um, so the change is organic. Uh, and comes from within us so you yeah. can sustain that lifestyle. See, it's one thing to, you, you know, we keep saying we want to respect the animals, but then we've got, got to remember we have to respect one another, you know. Uh, but the work that you do in Acres does go a long way. You know, earlier on in the show, you mentioned that, you know, you're teaching young children humane education. And in my mind, with the compassion that they have for animals, they would then have that uh, over to humans, to their peers as well. They will learn not to look down on others, whether it's uh, economic status or, you know, or social status, you know, like uh, all that goes a long way. Um, and, and sometimes I, like, I get annoyed, not just so at, a, at the, you know, like we love our dogs and cats, you know, but mm. I think also pigeons, for example. Sometimes you see kids chasing after pigeons or oh, throwing yes. things at them. It gets yeah. a bit annoying. And I actually had to stop a few children sometimes, but like, hey, don't do that. Don't yeah. scare away the pigeons. You know, I don't like it that the pigeons flinch and they run away every time they are, a human approaches them. But I have had a long-standing saga against lizards. <laughs> I am scared of lizards. Okay, Do y'all okay. draw the line when it comes to pests? Okay, because okay. I, I know you love your animals, yeah, but yeah. let me see you go hug a cockroach. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, we, will, we may not be able to explore the cockroach topic at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so I am not um, like I would never hurt an animal, uh, but um, I would not be able to handle a cockroach only because from since childhood, it's a um, no touch zone. Um, okay. So, but I would just chase a cockroach away, um, and only because they fly towards you. So um, funny thing is that I've been rescuing animals, right? Wild animals like snakes and pythons as well. Oh so my gosh! When the python is resting in a drain where there's plenty of cockroaches, guess what? Yeah, <laughs> triggers me. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> not the python; it's the cockroaches. So I need to take a step back and then. You know, just gather myself before going and handling oh the python. <laughs> I've never... Like, I'm deeply mortified of snakes. Like, I get nightmares, like actual nightmares, recurring nightmares about snakes. It deeply terrifies me. And we've been getting all these snake sightings. Uh, we've been getting, like, crocodile sightings and everything. And people are freaking out because mm. it's a reminder that we share our concrete jungle with these animals. More with our representative here from Acres and how we uh, play a role as well in the preservation of these, I guess, predators, but also beautiful animals yep. at the core. And I can't believe I'm doing this. We're having a conversation on justice for the pythons, the snakes, <laughs> yeah. the sightings of reptiles as big as crocodiles here in Singapore. We've been getting wild boar attacks. We've been getting crows attacking pedestrians in Orchard Road. What is happening in Singapore? Because we are thinking this is a concrete jungle, it's a city. But then we are constantly reminded, hey, we take our pride in saying it's a garden city. With the garden comes the, uh, the fauna. 
Yes, definitely. You said it so right, uh, in the right way. So, if there's a garden, there's going to be flowers. And somehow we are evolving into a city in nature, which means nature is a lot more holistic, right? Mm. So, uh, when you have flowers, there's going to be insects to eat the insects. There's going to be your favourite lizards and geckos. And to eat the geckos and lizards, there's going to be a garden snake. So, it comes as a whole package. So, I think that puts a responsibility on every one of us living in Singapore to learn about who you will encounter, what to do, what not to do when you come across wild animals. So snakes, right? Snakes have one of the worst reputation, unfortunately. Uh, not just from the portrayal in blockbuster movies. You know, I've not come across a movie where there is an evil panda or an evil <laughs> otter. It's always snakes and larger predators like yeah. sharks and, you know, yeah. sometimes great apes. Uh, always a villain is one of these Crocodile, animals. Yeah. Yes, crocodiles. So they always had this bad reputation and... Um, and there's also this learned fear of snakes because of all this, plus also the sim- uh, symbolizing yes, of Yes, the, the symbolism as well. I mean, I, I, I'm Christian, you know, so there's mm. obviously a biblical kind of perspective towards the serpent as well, yeah. you know, and like throughout history, different cultures, there's a serpent as well. And you're right, you think of Jungle Book, you think of the snake that hypnotizes Mowgli. So it's scary. It's since I was young, I'm deeply terrified of snakes. Mm. So when I see all these reports, I'm just like, get rid of the snake. I don't yep. want it here in Singapore. I'm too mm-hmm. scared, you know. But obviously, Acres, you take a more compassionate, objective take yes. on it. Yes, I think if uh, people are fearful of snakes, it's completely understandable. So uh, when we educate, when we raise awareness, is that we are not asking you to go and handle a snake. Uh, we are trying to raise awareness so we can avoid that unnecessary panic to some extent. Mm-mm-mm. But also that there are two twenty-four hotlines. There's Acres' hotline, there's NPAX's hotline. Say Acres' hotline. 9783-7782. Alright, everyone save this number in case you see a python. You never know, okay? Once again, the number, please. 9783-7782. So both of the hotlines, NPAX's and Acres, they are 24 hours, which means you can call either of us. Um, and also, if you sight a snake in a canal in a big longkang and stuff, no need to call us because that's how they navigate to eat the rats. So they have this huge, important ecological role as well. Wow. And the pythons are not coming close to people because they like to be close to people. They are terrified of people. In my 20 years of handling wildlife, I have never been chased after a snake or a monitor lizard. It's me running after the animals to catch them. So they have no reason to approach or chase people. Okay. And the other thing is that uh, if you if you are scared of snakes, if you're fearful of snakes, which is fine, uh-huh. just don't hurt them. That's all. Don't so a lot them. of times, yes, okay. people pour boiling hot water, they step on them. Ah, yeah. You know, in Boonley, there was a case of a snake being brutally murdered and they chopped off the head yeah. and the person was penalised only a thousand dollars so mm. there we come across uh, many cruelty cases uh, towards reptiles only because i think they are the most vulnerable group of animals here i've never shared this story on record right when i was very young i think one of the big reasons why i'm so terrified of snakes we were in sentosa and sentosa used to look very different mm-hmm. it used to be a lot more natural in the sense of a lot of these old british bungalows which are still there i think these mm-hmm. houses and we had a camp over there one of those like uh, camps where all of us gathered families and everything and there was a snake a black snake that was outside mm-hmm. and the person who was in charge of the canteen or cafeteria area had a large stick and they hit the snake violently to stop it and then they killed the snake and i was a child and i was watching that so i think what that showed me was that the snake is evil and we have the the hero is the humans who kill the snake oh yes yes and that image stuck with me all Mm. the way till now and i remember it 
yeah. you know so even though I still have a fear of snakes I really appreciate the work that you do at Acres mm-hmm. you know with educating children and the young at heart that they are end of the day still creatures that share space with us yes and they have every right to a, a wonderful life yeah. as well even if they look a bit scary <laughs> thank you so much for saying that I think um, what you said about the heroic act to come and save people by removing or killing a snake is something that we still observe a lot. Mm. Sometimes we we got a call uh, some time ago about a snake who has entered someone's car and the owner of the car, we told that we couldn't retrieve the snake. So can you please wait? We will bring the veterinarian mm. to retrieve. And uh, someone came in, some member of public came in to, you know, they take matters in their own hands and they pull the snake out and the snake was injured. You know, things like this can happen where the person can even get bitten because you're not trained professionally to handle such situations. So maybe in the olden days it can happen. Now we want people to understand that it's okay um, to just call and wait because in Singapore we don't have any snakes that are going to chase after people to, you know, um, eat them or bite them. Um, Unless they are provoked, they will just stay away from humans. So, yeah. All right, once again, for more info, if we can get in touch with Acres, uh, is there a, a number or a website that we can go to? Yes, definitely. There's plenty of resources on our website, which is acres.org.sg. But our 24 hotline is 9783-7782. Thank you so much, Ambu, for joining us in conversation today. I love this chat that we're having. Always with you, on your way, on Kiss 92. Hot. hot. What's hot? Time to pop off. CDC vouchers. GST vouchers. Taylor Swift. These were Singapore's top keyword searches on Google this year. And blockbuster films Oppenheimer and Barbie took the first two places in trending films. International personalities saw Taylor Swift in top spot followed by Michelle Yeoh, of course, after the Oscar win at the start of the year for Everything Everywhere All at Once. The most Singapore news search term was Ticketmaster. Of course, everyone trying to get their hands on the Eras Tour tickets and for Coldplay as well, uh, among a sea of other incredible artists that came to Singapore this year, including Blackpink, right? While the war in Israel and Gaza topped international news. F1 Singapore 2023 was number one in activities. The Google year in search list is compiled from one trillion search queries each year. Google leads the search engine market here in Singapore with a 95% market share as of September this year. Don't worry, you're on your way with Joshua Simon. I hope I earned the privilege of your time. I'll be back tomorrow from 4 to 8 p.m. Handing things over to Nat to take over right now. Uh, It's a chance for you to win a one kilogram log cake and a platter of your choice, either poultry or an ocean catch from Swenson's. You're on your way way. with Joshua Simon.